Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Section 10. From Poems Relating to America. By Thomas Moore. Read for LibriVox.org. By Noel Badrian. A Ballad. The Lake of the Dismal Swamp. Written at Norfolk in Virginia. They tell of a young man who lost his mind upon the death of a girl he loved, and who, suddenly disappearing from his friends, was never afterwards heard of. As he had frequently said in his ravings that the girl was not dead, but gone to the dismal swamp, it was supposed he had wandered into that dreary wilderness and had died of hunger or been lost in some of its dreadful morasses. Anonymous. La poésie a ses monstres comme la nature d'Alembert. They made her a grave too cold and damp for a soul so warm and true, and she's gone to the lake of the dismal swamp where all night long by a firefly lamp she paddles her white canoe and her firefly lamp i soon shall see and her paddle i soon shall hear long and loving our life shall be and i'll hide the maid in a cypress tree when the footstep of death is near away to the dismal swamp he speeds his path was rugged and sore through tangled juniper beds of reeds through many a fen where the serpent feeds and man never trod before and when on the earth he sunk to sleep if slumber his eyelids knew he lay where the deadly vine doth weep its venomous tear and nightly steep the flesh with blistering dew and near him the she-wolf stirred the brake and the copper snake breathed in his ear till he starting cried from his dream awake oh when shall i see the dusky lake and the white canoe of my dear he saw the lake and a meteor bright quick o'er its surface played welcome he said my dear one's light and the dim shore echoed for many a night the name of the death-cold maid till he hollowed a boat of the birchen bark which carried him off from shore far far he followed the meteor spark the wind was high and the clouds were dark and the boat returned no more but oft from the indian hunter's camp this lover and maid so true are seen at the hour of midnight damp to cross the lake by a firefly lamp and paddle their white canoe. End of poem. The Steersman's Song Written aboard the Boston frigate When freshly blows the northern gale, And under courses snug we fly, 
or when light breezes swell the sail and royals proudly sweep the sky longside the wheel unwearied still i stand and as my watchful eye doth mark the needle's faithful thrill i think of her i love and cry port my boy port when calms delay or breezes blow right from the point we wish to steer when by the wind close hauled we go and strive in vain the port to near i think tis thus the fates deter my bliss with one that's far away and while remembrance springs to her i watch the sails and sighing say thus my boy thus but see the wind draws kindly aft all hands are up the yards to square and now the floating stunsails waft our stately ship through waves and air oh then i think that yet for me some breeze of fortune thus may spring some breeze to waft me love to thee and in that hope i smiling sing steady boy so end of poem lines written at the cohos or falls of the mohawk river Gia era in loco oves sudia rimbombo della acqua dante from rise of morn till set of sun i've seen the mighty mohawk run and as i marked the woods of pine along his mirror darkly shine like tall and gloomy forms that pass before the wizard's midnight glass and as i viewed the hurrying pace with which he ran his turbid race rushing alike untired and wild through shades that frowned and flowers that smiled flying by every green recess that wooed him to its calm caress yet sometimes turning with the wind as if to leave one look behind oft have i thought and thinking sighed how like to thee thou restless tide may be the lot the life of him who roams along thy water's brim through what alternate waste of woe and flowers of joy my path may go how many a sheltered calm retreat may woo the while my weary feet while still pursuing still unblest i wander on nor dare to rest but urgent as the doom that calls thy water to its destined falls i feel the world's bewildering force hurry my heart's devoted course from lapse to lapse till life be done and the spent current cease to run only one prayer i dare to make as onward thus my course i take o oh, be my falls as bright as thine may heaven's relenting rainbow shine upon the mist that circles me as soft as now it hangs o'er thee end of poem a canadian boat song faintly as tolls the evening chime our voices keep tune and our oars keep time soon as the woods on shore look dim we'll sing at st anne's our parting hymn row brothers row the stream runs fast the rapids are near and the daylight's past 
why should we yet our sail unfurl there is not a breath the blue wave to curl but when the wind blows off the shore oh sweetly we'll rest our weary oar blow breezes blow the stream runs fast the rapids are near and the daylight's past utawa's tide this trembling moon shall see us float o'er thy surges soon saint of this green isle hear our prayers o oh, grant us cool heavens and favouring airs blow breezes blow the stream runs fast the rapids are near and the daylight's past end of poem indian chant from the land beyond the sea whither happy spirits flee where transformed to sacred doves many a blessed indian roves through the air on wings as white as those wondrous stones of light which the eye of morning counts on the appalachian mounts hither oft my flight i take over huron's lucid lake where the wave as clear as dew sleeps beneath the light canoe which reflected floating there looks as if it hung in air then when i have strayed awhile through the manatolin isle breathing all its holy bloom swift i mount me on the plume of my wacom bird and fly where beneath a burning sky o'er the bed of erie's lake slumbers many a water-snake wrapped within the web of leaves which the water-lily weaves next i chase the floweret king through his rosy realm of spring see him now while diamond hues soft his neck and wings suffuse in the leafy chalice sink thirsting for his balmy drink now behold him all on fire lovely in his looks of ire breaking every infant stem scattering every velvet gem where his little tyrant lip hath not found enough to sip then my playful hand i steep where the golden thread loves to creep cull from thence a tangled wreath words of magic round it breathe and the sunny chaplet spread o'er the sleeping fly-bird's head till with dreams of honey blest haunted in his downy nest by the garden's fairest spells dewy buds and fragrant bells fancy all his soul embowers in the fly-bird's heaven of flowers oft when hoar and silvery flakes melt along the ruffled lakes when the grey moose sheds his horns when the track at evening warns weary hunters of the way to the wigwam's cheering ray then aloft through freezing air with the snowbird soft and fair as the fleece that heaven flings o'er his little pearly wings light above the rocks i play where niagara's starry spray frozen on the cliff appears like a giant starting tears 
there amid the island sedge just upon the cataract's edge where the foot of living man never trod since time began lone i sit at close of day while beneath the golden ray icy columns gleam below feathered round with falling snow and an arch of glory springs sparkling as the chain of rings round the neck of virgins hung virgins who have wandered young o'er the waters of the west to the land where spirits rest end of poem the indian boat twas midnight dark the seaman's bark swift o'er the waters bore him when through the night he spied a light shoot o'er the wave before him a sail a sail he cries she comes from the indian shore and to-night shall be our prize with her freight of golden ore sail on sail on when morning shone he saw the gold still clearer but though so fast the waves he passed that boat seemed never the nearer bright daylight came and still the same rich bark before him floated while on the prize his wishful eyes like any young lovers doted more sail more sail he cries while the waves o'ertop the mast and his bounding galley flies like an arrow before the blast thus on and on till day was gone and the moon through heavens did hie her he swept the main but all in vain that boat seemed never the nigher and many a day to night gave way and many a morn succeeded while still his flight through day and night that restless mariner speeded who knows who knows what seas he is now careening o'er behind the eternal breeze and that mocking bark before for o oh, till sky and earth shall die and their death leave none to rue it that boat must flee o'er the boundless sea and that ship in vain pursue it end of poem this recording is in the public domain section eleven from lala rook part one the veiled prophet of khorasan by thomas moore read for librivox org by noel badrian the harem between the porphyry pillars that uphold the rich mooresque work of the roof of gold aloft the harem's curtained galleries rise where through the silken network glancing eyes from time to time like sudden gleams that glow through autumn clouds shine o'er the pomp below what impious tongue ye blushing saint would dare to hint that aught but heaven hath placed you there or that the loves of this light world could bind in their gross chain your prophet's soaring mind no wrongful thought commissioned from above to people eden's bowers with shapes of love creatures so bright that the same lips and eyes they wear on earth will serve in paradise 
there to recline among heaven's native maids and crown the elect with bliss that never fades well hath the prophet chief his bidding done and every beauteous race beneath the sun from those who kneel at brahma's burning founts to the fresh nymphs bounding over yemen's mounts from persia's eyes of full and fawn-like ray to the small half-shut glances of cathay and georgia's bloom and azab's darker smiles and the gold ringlets of the western isles all all are there each land its flower hath given to form that fair young nursery for heaven end of poem the toilette now through the harem chambers moving lights and busy shapes proclaim the toilette's rites from room to room the ready handmaids high some skilled to wreathe the turban tastefully or hang the veil in negligence of shade o'er the warm blushes of the youthful maid who if between the folds but one eye shone like seba's queen could vanish with that one while some bring leaves of henna to imbue the fingers ends with a bright roseate hue so bright that in the mirror's depth they seem like tips of coral branches in the stream and others mix the coal's jetty dye to give that long dark languish to the eye which make the maids whom kings are proud to cull from fair circassia's veils so beautiful all is in motion rings and plumes and pearls are shining everywhere some younger girls are gone by moonlight to the garden beds to gather fresh cool chaplets for their heads gay creatures sweet though mournful tis to see how each prefers a garland from that tree which brings to mind her childhood's innocent day and the dear fields and friendships far away the maid of india blessed again to hold in her lap the champak's leaves of gold thinks of the time when by the ganges flood her little playmate scattered many a bud upon her long black hair with glossy gleam just dripping from the consecrated stream while the young arab haunted by the smell of her own mountain flowers as by a spell the sweet elkaya and that courteous tree which bows to all who seek its canopy sees called up round her by these magic scents the well the camels and her father's tents sighs for the home she left with little pain and wishes even its sorrows back again end of poem azim's temptation meanwhile through vast illuminated halls silent and bright where nothing but the falls of fragrant waters gushing with cool sound from many a jasper fount is heard around young azim roams bewildered nor can guess what means this maze of light and loneliness here the way leads o'er tessellated floors or mats of cairo 
through long corridors where ranged in cassolettes and silver urns sweet wood of aloe or of sandal burns and spicy rods such as illume at night the bowers of tibet send forth odorous light like perry's wands when pointing out the road for some pure spirit to its blessed abode and here at once the glittering saloon bursts on his sight boundless and bright as noon where in the midst reflecting back the rays in a broken rainbow a fresh fountain plays high as the enamelled cupola which towers all rich with arabesques of gold and flowers and the mosaic floor beneath shines through the sprinkling of that fountain's silvery dew like the wet and glistening shells of every dye that on the margin of the red sea lie here too he traces the kind visitings of woman's love in those fair living things of land and wave whose fate in bondage thrown for their weak loveliness is like her own on one side gleaming with a sudden grace through water brilliant as the crystal vase in which it undulates small fishes shine like golden ingots from a fairy mine while on the other latticed lightly in with odiferous wood of comorin each brilliant bird that wings the air is seen gay sparkling luries such as gleam between the crimson blossoms of the coral tree in the warm isles of india's sunny sea mecca's blue sacred pigeon and the thrush of hindostan whose holy warblings gush at evening from the tall pagoda's top those golden birds that in the spice time drop about the gardens drunk with that sweet food whose scent hath lured them o'er the summer flood and those that under araby's soft sun build their high nests of budding cinnamon in short all rare and beauteous things that fly through the pure element here calmly lie sleeping in light like the green birds that dwell in eden's radiant fields of asphodel so on through scenes past all imagining more like the luxuries of that impious king whom death's dark angel with his lightning torch struck down and blasted even in pleasure's porch than the pure dwelling of a prophet sent armed with heaven's sword for man's enfranchisement young azim wondered looking sternly round his simple garb and war-boots clanking sound but ill according with the pomp and grace and silent lull of that voluptuous place end of poem bendemir's stream there's a bower of roses by bendemir's stream and the nightingale sings round it all the day long in the time of my childhood twas like a sweet dream to sit in the roses and hear the bird's song the bower and its music i never forget but oft when alone in the bloom of the year i think is the nightingale singing there yet are the roses still bright by the calm bendemere 
no the roses soon withered that hung o'er the wave but some blossoms were gathered while freshly they shone and the dew was distilled from their flowers that gave all the fragrance of summer when summer was gone thus memory draws from delight here it dies an essence that breathes of its many a year thus bright to my soul as twas then to my eyes is that bower on the banks of the calm bendemere end of poem song a spirit there is whose fragrant sigh is burning now through earth and air where cheeks are blushing the spirit is nigh where lips are meeting the spirit is there his breath is the soul of flowers like these and his floating eyes oh they resemble blue water lilies when the breeze is making the stream around them tremble hail to thee hail to thee kindling power spirit of love spirit of bliss thy holiest time is the moonlight hour and there never was moonlight so sweet as this by the fair and brave who blushing unite like the sun and wave when they meet at night by the tear that shows when passion is nigh as the raindrop flows from the heat of the sky by the first love-beat of the youthful heart by the bliss to meet and the pain to part by all that thou hast to mortals given which oh could it last this earth were heaven we call thee hither entrancing power spirit of love spirit of bliss thy holiest time is the moonlight hour and there never was moonlight so sweet as this end of poem zelika's farewell oh curse me not she cried as wild he tossed his desperate hand towards heaven though i am lost think not that guilt that falsehood made me fall no no twas grief twas madness did it all nay doubt me not though all thy love hath ceased i know it hath yet believe at least that every spark of reason's light must be quenched in this brain ere i could stray from thee they told me thou wert dead why azim why did we not both of us that instant die when we were parted oh couldst thou but know with what a deep devotedness of woe i wept thy absence o'er and o'er again thinking of thee still thee till thought grew pain and memory like a drop that night and day falls cold and ceaseless wore my heart away didst thou but know how pale i sat at home my eyes still turned the way thou wert to come and all the long long night of hope and fear thy voice and step still sounding in my ear o oh god thou wouldst not wonder that at last when every hope was all at once o'ercast when i heard frightful voices round me say azim is dead this wretched brain gave way and i became a wreck 
at random driven without one glimpse of reason or of heaven all wild and even this quenchless love within turned to foul fires to light me into sin thou pitiest me i knew thou wouldst that sky hath naught beneath it half so lorn as i the fiend who lured me hither hissed come near or thou too thou art lost if he should hear told me such things oh with such devilish art as would have ruined even a holier heart of thee and of that ever radiant sphere where blessed at length if i but served him here i should forever live in thy dear sight and drink from those pure eyes eternal light think think how lost how maddened i must be to hope that guilt could lead to god or thee thou weepest for me do weep oh that i durst kiss off that tear but no these lips are cursed they must not touch thee one divine caress one blessed moment of forgetfulness i've had within those arms and that shall lie shrined in my soul's deep memory till i die the last of joy's last relics here below the one sweet drop in all this waste of woe my heart has treasured from affection's spring to soothe and cool its deadly withering but thou yes thou must go forever go this place is not for thee for thee oh no did i but tell thee half thy tortured brain would burn like mine and mine go wild again enough that guilt reigns here that hearts once good now tainted chilled and broken are his food enough that we are parted that there rolls a flood of headlong fate between our souls whose darkness severs me as wide from thee as hell from heaven to all eternity end of poem the caliph's host ne'er did the march of mahadi display such pomp before not even when on his way to mecca's temple when both land and sea were spoiled to feed the pilgrim's luxury when round him mid the burning sands he saw fruits of the north in icy freshness thaw and cooled his thirsty lip beneath the glow of mecca's sun with urns of persian snow nor e'er did armament more grand than that pour from the kingdom of the caliphate first in the van the people of the rock on their light mountain steeds of royal stock then chieftains of damascus proud to see the flashing of their swords rich marquetry men from the regions near the volga's mouth mixed with the rude black archers of the south and indian lances in white turbaned ranks from the far sind or atok's sacred banks with dusky legions from the land of myrrh 
and many a mace-armed moor and mid-sea islander nor less in number though more new and rude in warfare's school was the vast multitude that fired by zeal or by oppression wronged round the white standard of the impostor thronged beside his thousands of believers blind burning and headlong as the samuel wind many who felt and more who feared to feel the bloody islamites converting steel flocked to his banner chiefs of the uzbek race waving their heron crests with martial grace turkomans countless as their flocks led forth from the aromatic pastures of the north wild warriors of the turquoise hills and those who dwell beyond the everlasting snows of hindu kosh in stormy freedom bred their fort the rock their camp the torrent's bed but none of all who owned the chieftain's command rushed to the battlefield with bolder hand or sterner hate than iran's outlawed man her worshippers of fire all panting then for vengeance on the accursed saracen vengeance at last for their dear country spurned her throne usurped and her bright shrines o'erturned from yezid's eternal mansion of the fire where aged saints in dreams of heaven expire from badku and those fountains of blue flame that burn into the caspian fierce they came careless for what or whom the blow was sped so vengeance triumphed and their tyrants bled end of poem the battle twice hath the sun upon their conflict set and risen again and found them grappling yet while streams of carnage in his noontide blaze smoke up to heaven hot as that crimson haze by which the prostrate caravan is awed in the red desert when the wind's abroad on swords of god the panting caliph calls thrones for the living heaven for him who falls on brave avengers on mokana cries and eblis blast the recreant slave that flies now comes the brunt the crisis of the day they clash they strive the caliph's troops give way mokana's self plucks the black banner down and now the orient world's imperial crown is just within his grasp when hark that shout some hand hath checked the flying muslim's rout and now they turn they rally at their head a warrior like those angel youths who led in glorious panoply of heaven's own mail the champions of the faith through beda's vale bold as if gifted with ten thousand lives turns on the fierce pursuer's blades and drives at once the multitudinous torrent back while hope and courage kindle in his track and at each step his bloody falchion makes terrible vistas through which victory breaks in vain mokana midst the general flight stands like the red moon on some stormy night 
among the fugitive clouds that hurrying by leave only her unshaken in the sky in vain he yells his desperate curses out deals death promiscuously to all about to foes the charge and coward friends that fly and seems of all the great arch enemy the panic spreads a miracle throughout the muslim ranks a miracle they shout all gazing on that youth whose coming seems a light a glory such as breaks in dreams and every sword true as o'er billows dim the needle tracks the lodestar following him right towards mokanna now he cleaves his path impatient cleaves as though the bolt of wrath he bears from heaven withheld its awful burst from weaker heads and souls but half-way cursed to break o'er him the mightiest and the worst but vain his speed though in that hour of blood had all god's seraphs round mokanna stood with swords of fire ready like fate to fall mokanna's soul would have defied them all yet now the rush of fugitives too strong for human force hurries even him along in vain he struggles mid the wedged array of flying thousands he is borne away and the sole joy his baffled spirit knows in this forced flight is murdering as he goes as a grim tiger whom the torrent's might surprises in some parched ravine at night turns even in drowning on the wretched flocks swept with him in that snow flood from the rocks and to the last devouring on his way bloodies the stream he hath not power to stay End of poem Mokanna's Feast Twas more than midnight now, a fearful pause had followed the long shouts, the wild applause that lately from the royal gardens burst, where the veiled demon held his feast accursed, when Zelika, alas, poor ruined heart, in every horror doomed to bear its part, was bidden to the banquet by a slave who, while his quivering lip the summons gave, grew black as though the shadows of the grave compassed him round and ere he could repeat his message through fell lifeless at her feet shuddering she went a soul felt pang of fear a presage that her own dark doom was near roused every feeling and brought reason back once more to writhe her last upon the rack all round seemed tranquil even the foe had ceased as if aware of the demoniac feast his fiery bolts and though the heavens looked red twas but some distant conflagration spread but hark she stops she listens dreadful tone tis her tormentors laugh and now a groan a long death groan comes with it can this be the place of mirth the bower of revelry she enters holy allah what a sight was there before her by the glimmering light of the pale dawn mixed with the flare of brands that round lay burning 
dropped from lifeless hands she saw the board in splendid mockery spread rich censers breathing garlands overhead the urns the cups from which they late had quaffed all gold and gems but what had been the draught oh who needs ask that saw those livid guests with their swollen heads sunk blackening on their breasts or looking pale to heaven with glassy stare as if they sought but saw no mercy there as if they felt though poison racked them through remorse the deadlier torment of the two while some the bravest hardiest in the train of their false chief who on the battle plain would have met death with transport by his side here mute and helpless gasped but as they died looked horrible vengeance with their eyes last strain and clenched the slackening hand at him in vain end of poem this recording is in the public domain section 12 from lala rook part 2 paradise and the peri by thomas moore read for librivox.org by noel badrian the peri's soliloquy one morn a peri at the gate of eden stood disconsolate and as she listened to the springs of life within like music flowing and caught the light upon her wings through the half-open portal glowing she wept to think her recreant race should ere have lost that glorious place how happy exclaimed this child of air are the holy spirits who wander there mid flowers that never shall fade or fall though mine are the gardens of earth and sea and the stars themselves have flowers for me one blossom of heaven outblooms them all though sunny the lake of cool cashmere with its plain tree isle reflected clear and sweetly the founts of that valley fall though bright are the waters of sing Hay, and the golden floods that witherward stray yet oh tis only the blest can say how the waters of heaven outshine them all go wing thy flight from star to star from world to luminous world as far as the universe spreads its flaming wall take all the pleasures of all the spheres and multiply each through endless years one minute of heaven is worth them all end of poem mahmoud of ghizni while thus she mused her pinions fanned the air of that sweet indian land whose air is balm whose oceans spread o'er the coral rocks and amber beds whose mountains pregnant by the beam of the warm sun with diamonds teem whose rivulets are like rich brides lovely with gold beneath their tides whose sandal groves and bowers of spice might be a peri's paradise but crimson now her rivers ran with human blood the smell of death 
came reeking from those spicy bowers and man the sacrifice of man mingled his taint with every breath upwafted from the innocent flowers land of the sun what foot invades thy pagodas and thy pillared shades thy cavern shrines and idle stones thy monarchs and their thousand thrones tis he of ghazna fierce in wrath he comes and india's diadems lie scattered in his ruinous path his bloodhounds he adorns with gems torn from the violated necks of many a young and loved sultana maidens within their pure zenana priests in their very fane he slaughters and chokes up with the glittering wrecks of golden shrines the sacred waters end of poem the hour of death poor race of men said the pitying spirit dearly ye pay for your primal fall some flowerets of eden ye still inherit but the trail of the serpent is over them all she wept the air grew pure and clear around her as the bright drops ran for there's a magic in each tear such kindly spirits weep for man just then beneath some orange trees whose fruits and blossoms in the breeze were wantoning together free like age at play with infancy beneath that fresh and springing bower close by the lake she heard the moan of one who at this silent hour had thither stolen to die alone one who in life where'er he moved drew after him the hearts of many yet now as though he ne'er were loved dies here unseen unwept by any none to watch near him none to slake that fire that in his bosom lies with even a sprinkle from that lake which shines so cool before his eyes no voice well known through many a day to speak the last the parting word which when all other sounds decay is still like distant music heard that tender farewell on the shore of this rude world when all is o'er which cheers the spirit ere its bark puts off into the unknown dark end of poem a syrian night now upon syria's land of roses softly the light of eve reposes and like a glory the broad sun hangs o'er sainted lebanon whose head in wintry grandeur towers and whitens with eternal sleet while summer in a vale of flowers is sleeping rosy at his feet to one who looked from upper air o'er all the enchanted regions there how beauteous must have been the glow the life the sparkling from below fair gardens shining streams with ranks of golden melons on their banks more golden where the sunlight falls gay lizards glittering on the walls of ruined shrines busy and bright as they were all alive with light and yet more splendid numerous flocks of pigeons settling on the rocks with their rich restless wings that gleam variously in the crimson beams of the warm west 
as if inlaid with brilliance from the mine or made of tearless rainbows such as spanned the unclouded skies of peristan and then the mingling sounds that come of shepherds ancient reed with hum of the wild bees of palestine banqueting through the flowery vales and jordan those sweet banks of thine and woods so full of nightingales End of poem. The Love Song of Feramors. Tell me not of joys above, if that world can give no bliss, truer, happier than the love which enslaves our souls in this. Tell me not of Houri's eyes, far from me their dangerous glow, if those looks that light the skies wound like some that burn below who that feel what love is here all its falsehood all its pain would for even elysium's fear risk the fatal dream again who that midst a desert's heat sees the waters fade away would not rather die than meet streams again as false as they end of poem this recording is in the public domain. Section 13 From Lala Rook, Part 3 The Fire Worshippers by Thomas Moore Read for LibriVox.org by Noel Badrian Moonlight Tis moonlight over Oman's sea, her banks of pearl and palmy isles bask in the night beam beauteously, and her blue waters sleep in smiles. Tis moonlight in Harmosia's walls, and through her emir's porphyry halls, where some hours since was heard the swell of trumpet and the clash of zell, bidding the bright-eyed sun farewell the peaceful sun whom better suits the music of the bulbul's nest or the light touch of lovers lutes to sing him to his golden rest all hushed there's not a breeze in motion the shore is silent as the ocean if zephyrs come so light they come nor leaf is stirred nor wave is driven the wind-tower on the emir's dome can hardly win a breath from heaven. End of poem Al-Hasan's Daughter Beautiful are the maids that glide on summer eves through Yemen's dales, and bright the glancing looks they hide behind their litter's roseate veils, and brides as delicate and fair as the white jasmine flowers they wear hath yemen in her blissful clime who lulled in cool kiosk or bower before their mirrors count the time and grow still lovelier every hour but never yet hath bride or maid in araby's gay harem smiled whose boasted brightness would not fade before al hasan's blooming child light as the angel shapes that bless an infant's dream yet not the less rich in all woman's loveliness with eyes so pure that from their ray dark vice would turn abashed away blinded like serpents when they gaze upon the emerald virgin's blaze 
yet filled with all youth's sweet desires mingling the meek and vestal fires of other worlds with all the bliss the fond weak tenderness of this a soul too more than half divine where through some shades of earthly feeling religion's softened glories shine like light through summer foliage stealing shedding a glow of such mild hue so warm and yet so shadowy too as makes the very darkness there more beautiful than light elsewhere end of poem the hebbers avowal hold hold thy words are death the stranger cried as wild he flung his mantle back and showed beneath the geber's belt that round him clung here maiden look weep blush to see all that thy sire abhors in me yes i am of that impious race those slaves of fire who morn and even hail their creator's dwelling-place among the living lights of heaven yes i am of the outcast few to iran and to vengeance true who curse the hour your arabs came to desolate our shrines of flame and swear before god's burning eye to break our country's chains or die thy bigot sire nay tremble not he who gave birth to those dear eyes with me is sacred as the spot from which our fires of worship rise but no twas he i sought that night when from my watch-boat on the sea i caught this turret's glimmering light and up the rude rocks desperately rushed to my prey thou know'st the rest i climbed the gory vulture's nest and found a trembling dove within thine thine the victory thine the sin if love hath made one thought his own that vengeance claims first last alone oh had we never never met or could this heart even now forget how linked how blessed we might have been had fate not frowned so dark between hadst thou been born a persian maid in neighbouring valleys had we dwelt through the same fields in childhood played at the same kindling altar knelt then then while all those nameless ties in which the charm of country lies had round our hearts been hourly spun till iran's cause and thine were one while in thy lute's awakening sigh i heard the voice of days gone by and saw in every smile of thine returning hours of glory shine while the wronged spirit of our land lived looked and spoke her wrongs through thee god who could then this sword withstand its very flash were victory but now estranged divorced for ever far as the grasp of fate can sever our only ties what love has wove in faith friends country sundered wide and then then only true to love when false to all that's dear beside thy father iran's deadliest foe thyself perhaps even now but no hate never looked so lovely yet 
no sacred to thy soul will be the land of him who could forget all but the bleeding land for thee when other eyes shall see unmoved her widows mourn her warriors fall thou'lt think how well one geber loved and for his sake thou'lt weep for all end of poem morn in the east the morn hath risen clear and calm and o'er the green sea palely shines revealing bahrain's groves of palm and lighting kishma's amber vines fresh smell the shores of araby while breezes from the indian sea blow round selama's sainted cape and curl the shining flood beneath whose waves are rich with many a grape and coconut and flowery wreath which pious seamen as they passed had towards that holy headland cast oblations to the genii there for gentle skies and breezes fair the nightingale now bends her flight from the high trees where all the night she sung so sweet with none to listen and hides her from the morning star where thickets of pomegranate glisten in the clear dawn bespangled o'er with dew whose night-drops would not stain the best and brightest scimitar that ever youthful sultan wore on the first morning of his reign End of poem. a persian patriot such were the tales that one belief and such the colouring fancy gave to a young warm and dauntless chief one who no more than mortal brave fought for the land his soul adored for happy homes and altars free his only talisman the sword his only spell-word liberty one of that ancient hero line along whose glorious current shine names that have sanctified their blood as lebanon's small mountain flood is rendered holy by the ranks of sainted cedars on its banks twas not for him to crouch the knee tamely to muslim's tyranny twas not for him whose soul was cast in the bright mould of ages past whose melancholy spirit fed with all the glories of the dead though framed for iran's happiest years was born among her chains and tears twas not for him to swell the crowd of slavish heads that shrinking bowed before the muslim as he passed like shrubs beneath the poison blast no far he fled indignant fled the pageant of his country's shame while every tear her children shed fell on his soul like drops of flame and as a lover hails the dawn of a first smile so welcomed he the sparkle of the first sword drawn for vengeance and for liberty end of poem the gabber's stronghold there stood but one short league away from old harmosia's sultry bay a rocky mountain o'er the sea of oman beetling awfully a last and solitary link of those stupendous chains that reach from the broad caspian's reedy brink down winding to the green sea beach 
around its base the bare rocks stood like naked giants in the flood as if to guard the gulf across while on its peak that braved the sky a ruined temple towered so high that oft the sleeping albatross struck the wild ruins with her wing and from her cloud-rocked slumbering started to find man's dwellings there in her own silent fields of air beneath terrific caverns gave dark welcome to each stormy wave that dashed like midnight revellers in and such the strange mysterious din at times throughout those caverns rolled and such the fearful wonders told of restless sprites imprisoned there that bold were moslem who would dare at twilight hour to steer his skiff beneath the geber's lonely cliff on the land side those towers sublime that seemed above the grasp of time were severed from the haunts of men by a wide deep and wizard glen so fathomless so full of gloom no eye could pierce the void between it seemed a place where ghouls might come with their foul banquets from the tomb and in its caverns feed unseen like distant thunder from below the sound of many torrents came too deep for eye or ear to know if twere the sea's imprisoned flow or floods of ever restless flame for each ravine each rocky spire of that vast mountain stood on fire and though forever passed the day when god was worshipped in the blaze that from its lofty altar shone though fled the priests the votaries gone still did the mighty flame burn on through chance and change through good and ill like its own god's eternal will deep constant bright unquenchable end of poem the traitor's curse oh for a tongue to curse the slave whose treason like a deadly blight comes o'er the counsels of the brave and blasts them in their hour of might may life's unblessed cup for him be drugged with treacheries to the brim with hopes that but allure to fly with joys that vanish while he sips like dead sea fruits that tempt the eye but turn to ashes on the lips his country's curse his children's shame outcast of virtue peace and fame may he at last with lips of flame on the parched desert thirsting die while lakes that shone in mockery nigh are fading off untouched untasted like the once glorious hopes he blasted and when from earth his spirit flies just prophet let the damned one dwell full in the sight of paradise beholding heaven and feeling hell end of poem calm after storm how calm how beautiful comes on the stilly hour when storms are gone when warring winds have died away and clouds beneath the glancing ray melt off and leave the land and sea sleeping in bright tranquillity
fresh as if day again were born again upon the lap of morn when the light blossoms rudely torn and scattered at the whirlwind's will hang floating in the pure air still filling it all with precious balm in gratitude for this sweet calm and every drop the thunder showers have left upon the grass and flowers sparkles as twere that lightning gem whose liquid flame is born of them when stead of one unchanging breeze they blow a thousand gentle airs and each a different perfume bears as if the loveliest plants and trees had vassal breezes of their own to watch and wait on them alone and waft no other breath than theirs when the blue waters rise and fall in sleepy sunshine mantling all and even that swell the tempest leaves is like the full and silent heaves of lovers hearts when newly blessed too newly to be quite at rest such was the golden hour that broke upon the world when hinder woke from her long trance and heard around no motion but the water's sound rippling against the vessel's side as slow it mounted o'er the tide but where is she her eyes are dark are wilded still is this the bark the same that from harmosia's bay bore her at morn whose bloody way the sea-dog tracked no strange and new is all that meets her wondering view upon a gallio's deck she lies beneath no rich pavilion's shade no plumes to fan her sleeping eyes nor jasmine on her pillow laid but the rude litter roughly spread with war cloaks is her homely bed and shawl and sash on javelins hung for awning o'er her head are flung shuddering she looked around there lay a group of warriors in the sun resting their limbs as for that day their ministry of death were done some gazing on the drowsy sea lost in unconscious reverie and some who seemed but ill to brook that sluggish calm with many a look to the slack sail impatient cast as loose it flagged around the mast End of poem. An Eastern Eventide To tearless eyes and hearts at ease, The leafy shores and sun-bright seas That lay beneath that mountain's height Had been a fair enchanting sight. T'was one of those ambrosial eves A day of storm so often leaves At its calm setting, when the west opens her golden bowers of rest and a moist radiance from the skies shoots trembling down as from the eyes of some meek penitent whose last bright hours atone for dark ones past and whose sweet tears o'er wrong forgiven shine as they fall with light from heaven twas stillness all the winds that late had rushed through Kerman's almond groves, And shaken from her bowers of date That cooling feast the traveller loves, 
now lulled to languor scarcely curl the green sea wave whose waters gleam limpid as if her mines of pearl were melted all to form the stream and her fair islets small and bright with their green shores reflected there look like those peri isles of light that hang by spell-work in the air End of poem. Araby's Daughter Farewell, farewell to thee, Araby's daughter. Thus warbled a peri beneath the dark sea. No pearl ever lay under Oman's green water more pure in its shell than thy spirit in thee. O oh, fair as the sea flower close to thee growing how light was thy heart till love's witchery came like the wind of the south o'er a summer lute blowing and hushed all its music and withered its frame but long upon araby's green sunny highlands shall maids and their lovers remember the doom of her who lies sleeping among the pearl islands with naught but the sea-star to light up her tomb and still when the merry date season is burning and calls to the palm groves the young and the old the happiest there from their pastime returning at sunset will weep when thy story is told the young village maid when with flowers she dresses her dark flowing hair for some festival day will think of thy fate till neglecting her tresses she mournfully turns from the mirror away nor shall iran beloved of her hero forget thee though tyrants watch over her tears as they start close close by the side of that hero she'll set thee embalmed in the innermost shrine of her heart farewell be it ours to embellish thy pillow with everything beauteous that grows in the deep each flower of the rock and each gem of the billow shall sweeten thy bed and illumine thy sleep around thee shall glisten the loveliest amber that ever the sorrowing sea-bird has wept with many a shell in whose hollow wreathed chamber we peris of ocean by moonlight have slept we'll dive where the gardens of coral lie darkling and plant all the rosier stems at thy head we'll seek where the sands of the caspian are sparkling and gather their gold to strew o'er thy bed farewell farewell until pity's sweet fountain is lost in the hearts of the fair and the brave they'll weep for the chieftain who died on that mountain they'll weep for the maiden who sleeps in this wave end of poem this recording is in the public domain